to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, and intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. We are back once again for another Inner Bloom podcast episode. I am Alexa, and with me is my co-host, who I've been without for like a little over a week now, Ambie. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know, the last episode we released was just a couple of days ago, but oh. – uh, a dog is howling at me. Sorry. Just a couple uh, days ago, we released an episode um, all about Burning Man, which was recorded before I left for Burning Man, which was about a week and a half ago. And I just got back from Burning Man yesterday. Um, so I'm just kind of back on the grid and um, thought it would be cool to share with you guys, you know, some some insights because um, this burn for me was um, just above and beyond anything I could have imagined. Um, very different from my experience last year. And um, I just got to really dive into it deep. And so I really gained, I think, some some major insights that, you know, I want to integrate into my life. And I think, you know, everyone or listening probably would, would be interested in as well. So but um but but before we do that, what's been up with you, Ambie? Um I went camping. Yeah. This weekend. How did that go? Not a happy camper. <laughs> and I was at least sad that I wasn't a happy camper, but it's very interesting because um like the first night we ended up ended up like raining so on the way there. It's about three hours away from where we live. And um we actually had to drive very, very slow because the rain was so heavy you couldn't see in front of it. So a three-hour car trip actually ended up taking us five hours. So we got there. It's like 9 o'clock at night. We couldn't set anything out. It's so dark. There's no light camp uh, camp area. Um, the kids didn't go to bed until 2 in the morning because everybody was awake. So it was a lot. Um, but it was interesting because – you know, you're by the campfire and you're like just talking to people. And um, the first night I was really, I don't know how we on this subject of like talking about reincarnation and we got on the subject of like flat earth and we were just talking about a lot of things. And it was very apparent that um, my friends don't have like any of the same belief systems that I do. And it was just very clear and it wasn't bad and it wasn't wrong or right or good or anything. It was just very clear. 
And my first initial reaction was kind of like shy away and kind of um, be more timid to express my beliefs. But because because we have a podcast and because I've been, you know, giving readings online and um, I've been more upfront about it, that wasn't an option at this point. So it was a really big turning point for me on, um, I guess, just being able to see other people's point of view, which sounds silly because obviously you see other people's point of view, but kind of when you're there and it was like a, really a heated argument, not even an argument. It was just, sorry, it was just very um, in your face of everybody's point of view. Mm. and. It was very interesting because this is something that we've never talked about before. And I've been friends with them for probably like eight or nine years. We've never had a discussion before about anything related or what happens when you die or are there aliens or anything of that. Um, so it was a lot of like reflection this weekend and a lot of um, just kind of really vain. Uh, kind of what I believe and really sticking to that and I thought that was that was good like what I've been through and kind of just re-experiencing I had a lot of stuff coming and then it was also the panic mom mode of like trying to keep everybody alive in the dark like I don't know if anybody's into like a nags head but the waves are literally like to eight feet so having my three-year-old in the ocean was just words cannot describe the level of panic that ensued in my heart that I was like to my husband get him out of that water now bring mm. him in here and all the other moms are like laughing at me because I'm, I bring my <laughs> child back yeah. as my husband who's six foot tall like holds him above his head so he doesn't get pummeled by a wave I was just like oh my god please watch out for my child so <laughs> I'm, I'm like praying the whole time but um yeah, camping with kids is definitely interesting. It's definitely, um, I think that if we had done it more often, like we literally didn't prepare for the night before. So we were ill. Like my husband went and told everybody that Friday night when we got there, Ambie doesn't like camping, so don't expect her to be happy. And I was like, what are you, ki- are you kidding me right now? Like you're setting me up for failure. Yeah. So <laughs> It was fun, but it was uh, not something I'm going to do next year yeah. well, or this year <laughs> or ever in the near future, maybe. Well, well maybe. I mean, maybe yeah. when the kids get older and I'm not like as concerned about like, because it, it is a legitimate, like you cannot see children at night. Like, yeah. and my three-year-old, he has no fear. God bless him. So it was nice, but like if we got them little flashlights, you want to hold the flashlight. So that's one of the things that's like, you know what I mean? And it's always, you know, and I think everybody listening has the, knows that I have this fear of like something happening to my kids. So mm-hmm. for me, that was really the forefront of my weekend of like, you really need to work on this. Like this is thing that needs to be addressed immediately because I'm perpetuating this fear. And I realize that. So that was good that it it came in the forefront of this is your next this is your next um uh item to work on item to process so mm-hmm. 
Definitely. Well, it's funny because, um, you know, actually at Burning Man this year, I saw more kids there than I've ever – I mean, I've only been twice. This is my second time. But I saw so many kids there. I mean, in our camp alone, we had like, I don't know, eight or nine little Rugrats running around. And their really? parents brought them there. And their parents were like, yeah, go off, explore. And, and I mean – you know, it, it depended how old they were. Some were like literally three or four, and then some were like you know eight, nine, ten. Um, but they, it was really cool to see because you know I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, I can't, like I was like, that's awesome that you brought your kids here. Like I didn't realize so many people were gonna bring their kids, and they were like, oh yeah, it's like you know, uh, <laughs> it's like. Uh, you know, they like freaking love it, you know, and it's it's cool like to expose them to this. And that's what I was saying. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like so cool to think about, you know, if I could have been exposed to just 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 life and just people being very open and free and, um, you know, forward thinking and also to be able to experience that freedom. Because the difference between Burning Man and being at a campsite is that a campsite is like you're in a specific place, but I mean, there's just open land around you or there's open woods or I don't know exactly where you were, but, you know, it's kind of like you're all sitting at a designated spot, but it's not that the place itself is contained, right? Right, right. Yeah. Right. And Burning Man is somewhat contained essentially I mean it's a huge space and they could just run off wherever but at the same time there's rangers around and there's you know people looking out um so um it's yeah it's interesting and and yeah I mean I think what you're bringing up is this it's a question of like you know and th- and that's what I was thinking when I saw these kids at Burning Man it's like how 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 do you let your children have freedom, the freedom that you know that you wanted to have, right? How do you let them have the mm-hmm. freedom and have the fun and have the challenges and have the explorations and um with and and how and and where do you set that boundary, right? And I think it's different for everyone and I mean I don't have kids yet, but I'm sure I'm going to be going through this as well cuz I go through this with my dog like Sometimes I feel really bad that my dog's on a leash and I want her to just kind of walk around free. She doesn't, she's a tiny dog. She, you know, and like, sometimes I, I feel like, wow, you should be able to walk around in this park on your own. She doesn't go anywhere, you know, but so I'll let Mm -hmm. her off the leash for a little bit and then she'll walk around and then all of a sudden she'll walk a little too fast and suddenly I freak out and go, no, 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 now you're coming back on this leash. And I feel in that, in that moment, I'm like, what am I telling this dog? Like, hey, you can be free, but not too free. Or, hey, you can be free just as long as you're basically not doing anything. You know what I mean? It's like – Exactly. You can be free as long as you're within the confines that I have for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I I agree with that. It was was definitely eye-opening to me. But I did really well because I was like – I would catch myself every single time that I start to like raise my voice, I would be like, okay, okay, take a deep breath. Mm. It's not a big deal. Relax. Like they're fine. Everybody's okay. Because what that's why I yell is that I'm afraid. I'm afraid of something, right? Mm. Like I'm, you're going to step off and get hit by a car. I'm afraid that you're going to go in the ocean and not come back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these fears come up. That's where I'm like, ah! <laughs> so for me, it was, and I did actually like my, both my kids have these like little swimmy vests. So I let my other one, not Riley, he's 14, but my six-year-old, I let her go out into the water and she got, I mean, that wave messed her up. 
So it was, it was tough. But I was right next to her and I grabbed her and I picked her up and I was like, are you, you're fine. And she's crying. And I was like, okay, take a deep breath. And she's like, the way you've got me. I'm like, you have to be mindful of where you are and you have to respect the ocean enough to either go under the wave or go above it. She didn't do it again, but it was definitely like, I kind of let her go and be, you know, unsafe for a little bit. I was right there and had her, but it, she rolled like four times. Mm-hmm. She, she did not like it scary in that moment. And then, you know, afterwards it was the thought of like, what did the other move me? You know what I mean? They're letting me, they, and it, that really didn't bother me too, because really not cared as much what people think about me as I used to. But with my three-year-old, how do you, how do you let them experience life and be free and do all of the things, but he doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like my job to make sure safe. Does that make sense? Yep. No, it does. It does. And I think, I think that's like the challenge that we're all, that's what society is going through right now. We're, we're coming to this point where, and even look at politics, right? It's like, we're kind of coming to this point where we're the children going, Hey, we've been, we've been babysat or guarded or parented, right? By government, right? For so long. Cause we, we've been thinking that's what we need. That's what keeps us safe. Right. And now right. I feel like society is going through that kind of phase where we're like, no, like we need to be sovereign. Like we need to experience our own things. Like we need to govern ourselves. And there's a struggle going on between the parents and the children. You know, there's a struggle. It's like, no, you need to be controlled. No, we don't. Yes, you do. No, we don't. Yes, you do. And, you know, at some point, that barrier is going to break at some point the the momentum of the the sovereignty or this is what i feel is coming is going to take over and Mm -hmm. the power of the the children right is going to take over and i feel like that's what's happening in real life with children it's kind of like you know um i think and I, and I think this is just a learning process for the parents and the children because if we had been raised differently, if we had been raised in a society where children – there are societies all over the world like this where children run free all the time. They run through the jungle by themselves. They could possibly be eaten by lions and tigers and they literally do – this is no, totally normal. They run through mm-hmm. the jungle by themselves and that's commonly accepted that like – and they learn early on, right, like what to stay away from, how to tell if you know, you're in danger, how to track an animal, et cetera. They learn all these things. And so it's not such a terrifying thing to the parents in those societies, you know, because they, the, the children are essentially treated like adults, um, you know, yeah. from early on. And so it's just a product of our society. It's just the fear that's been instilled in our parents that was instilled in us that's now being instilled in our children or animals or whatever it is. And that's okay. Like, it's just a part of our process. But I think, you know, we are the generation – and the next generation will really be the generation that kind of starts to break that pattern and go a different way. Um, but it's, I, I don't think it's something that's going to happen overnight. And I don't necessarily know if like you or me or anyone is suddenly just overnight going to be like, oh, I'm a cool mom. Like, whatever, you know, right. I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think girl. it's a process yeah. just in general with Jean your fears and working through different emotions. I think it's a process of like taking a step forward and then taking a step back or taking two mm-hmm. steps forward, taking one step back, mm-hmm. like process of doing, okay, these are my boundaries right now. 
and then, okay, I feel safe here. So then setting the boundaries a little further. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. You yeah. Move, you're constantly, you're constantly testing the boundaries. You step, yeah, you tip towing the line, right? And then where you feel safe, you stop and you kind of dwell there for a little bit. And then you're like, okay, I feel like I can explore more. And then you push out a little bit, maybe you push too far, you come back a little bit. It's, it's, it's all just definitely a balance. And, you know, um, that's really what I was going through this weekend at, at, at Burning Man. Um, although I, you know, my first Burning Man like last year was, was much more of a roller coaster, was much more of an up and down. And I was like struggling, like I'd have good times and then I'd be struggling because I was like really just figuring everything out. And like, there was also this insane heat wave last year that just prevent, took all my energy away. And this year was, um, just such an amazing eye opening experience. And like, I totally dove in so deep that it's like every second of my experience just kept getting better and better and wider and more expansive and freer and faster. And, um, and, you know, I was facing, I was actually facing a lot of fears going into this burn. Like it was my intention, actually. It was my, I actually, on the first day of Burning Man, I wrote down, and it's funny too, Ambie, because like what you're describing that you were doing while you were camping, there were so many similarities of like what was happening with me. It's just that I think I was more, I was prepared and knew, knew just like the darkness and like the drive, like there's just a lot of, of stuff about um, Burning Man. I mean, it's like you're, you're camping outside, you're just camping in a desert. Um, Mm-hmm. But anyway, when I went into this Burning Man, I set very specific intentions for myself. I wrote down a list. I was like, I want to push my boundaries. I want to, um, I want to connect deeply with people. I want to see the best in people and see the best in all situations. I want to learn as much as I can. I want to, um, you know. I want to be exactly who I am without without questioning. Like I want – and I want to listen to myself. That was my big thing. I want to listen to myself above anyone else because for me, you know, I think it gets really easy to get swept up in other people's desires and other people's wants and needs and, um, you know, mm-hmm. and coming into Burning Man was just – it was just amazing. It was just I, – I, it was just so, so, so amazing on all levels. And anyway – um, you know, so I, I really pushed my boundaries in, in all of those ways that I just described. I tr- I did things and I tried things that honestly, I, I didn't ever know that I would do. And just by trying and, and, and exploring those things, it felt like I was opening up parts of myself that have been hidden and that have been locked away for so, so, so long. And I think just to, just to put a base on this, like that is what Burning Man's about. It's about like throwing away your identity and being like, okay, who do I want to be? Not who have I been? Because it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter here anymore. Because literally the whole place is like you're constantly in costumes and dressing up and, you know, like being a child and just like doing whatever you're inspired to do. That's what you do at Burning Man. You just kind of let the burn, like you let the playa, which is, you know, the area where you camp at Burning Man, just let the playa, you know, provide for you. You let you let things pop up and you just follow the, the um that your spontaneity and you follow your heart and you go, Oh yeah, I wanna do that. Oh yeah, I wanna go with you. Oh hey, I just met you. You're awesome. Let's hang out. It's it's very spontaneous and playful. And anyway, um, but there was a, a few things that I really took away this time that I wanted to share. 
And one of those things was, and I talked about this in the last episode, um, you know, no one has phones there because the cell phones, there's no service. And it's an amazing, amazing, amazing gift that there is no service because as I mentioned in the last episode, it really helps you bond with people. It really helps you focus and immerse yourself in this environment. And it really helps, you know, with even if you have work to do, even if there's something going on at home, you, there's nothing you can do about it. You have to just surrender. You have to surrender. Mm-hmm. And so in that surrender, this calm comes over you where you, first of all, you realize there's nothing I have to do right now, but listen to myself. That's it. There's nothing I have to do. I mean, think about it. Even when you go on vacation now, you're on vacation, you're on the beach and you're like, should I check my email? Should I check my work email? Or, or you're, you're talking to people from work, right? You're still, you're not gone. You're not on vacation. You're still kind of feeling like you have an obligation. And when you are in an environment where that's, that's not an option, it is the most peaceful, amazing feeling to be like, I have no obligation other than to myself right now. And that is amazing. But something I really noticed was about like three or four days in, I was talking to people and people would be talking to me about anything, like anything they wanted to talk about. And I would just be looking so deep into their eyes and just glued to them, like as if they were like the most interesting person in the world. And I don't even remember what they were talking about. I don't even know if it was interesting. It might have been totally mundane, but to me, it was so interesting and I was totally engulfed in them and I was so connected to them. Like no matter who it was, it didn't matter if it was a stranger passing, it didn't matter if it was someone I just met, someone I had been camping with for forever. It was like, Anyone could talk to me about anything and I would just be right there with them, giving them my full undivided attention, my heart completely open, us completely connected. And I felt like I was loving them and they were loving me. And it was such a fulfilling feeling. And towards the end of the burn when, or when we were leaving and we all turned our phones back on, um, I had this realization because suddenly everyone's mood kind of changed when the phones turned back on and it went from, you know, we love each other so much. I'm here for you. I'm with you. Yes. Like talk to me, tell me all your stories, tell me what you're thinking, tell me what you're feeling to someone would say something. And suddenly it's like little fights or not, not fights, but annoyances are starting like, um, or Mm. like, Con- conflict is starting a little bit or you know yeah it was much easier to get annoyed with people and I was like why is that and suddenly I realized oh because now we have somewhere to go like now we can just escape into our phones now it's so easy to be like I don't like what you said so I'm not gonna I don't have to put in effort because I can just go play this game on my phone or I can just start texting someone that makes me feel better or I can just you know hop onto Facebook and distract myself there and it really made me realize like that's how we use our phones now. We use our phones as escape routes when something in our current reality is happening that we don't like. And instead of putting effort in to to have compassion or to find a way to connect or focus in a way that, that brings harmony – we are so quick to be like, nope, bye, see ya. And we just go, mm-hmm. we, we peace out and we just go into our phone, which which we think makes us feel better, but it doesn't. It makes us feel even more disconnected. And this perpetuates, you know, the more we are in what we call default reality, which is, you know, society, right? So um, 
some that was something huge that I took away of like when we're in an environment where phones aren't an option, we actually put in so much effort to harmonize. We actually put in so much effort to understand, to 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 accept whoever's opinion because there's nowhere else to go. Like there's nowhere else to go. And when we do that, it actually feels so fulfilling because what we're doing is we're we're acknowledging all different parts of ourselves, right? Whereas when we have our phones, I feel like we don't give these other parts of ourselves, we don't give these other reflections of ourselves an opportunity to show themselves to us because we're like, mm, you make me uncomfortable, bye. And when we do that, we cut off those parts of ourselves so we feel empty and then we don't know why. And what I'm saying is sometimes the uncomfortable things, the, unco- the, the things that you would normally push away from or try to avoid are actually the things that you need. They're actually the things that make you feel more whole when you can sit there and see them for what they are, which are just parts of you. That's it. Um, and so something big for me, like that I'm trying to figure out right now, and I don't know if I'm going to figure it out, but I mean, I'm trying to figure out a balance of integrating my phone back into my life. And, um, because, you know, the reason that not having a phone works in somewhere like Burning Man is because you're constantly, you can just People are around all the time. People are constantly going to come back to camp. It's like, you know, even if you can't find someone, you can just get take off on your bike and go do something by yourself, but you'll always find people again. But it's like with our phones, that's like why we can live in, in individual houses and not live in communities because we're like, oh, well, we have technology, so that's how we link up with each other. And so for me, I'm really trying to figure out this this balance between, you know, my phone and being connected because I'm starting to realize my phone makes me feel disconnected, but how do I connect with people if I don't live in a community like Burning Man, right, where I can just like see them in real life? It's like how do I have a happy medium there? Um, so – Technology and phones is like a huge, huge thing that I think is going to be, that I think we really need to look at. I think we really need to question like how we're using our phones. Yeah. So that I know that um, I've been guilty of this and I know that I've, you know, been physically with other people that have done this and I personally hate it. But when you're talking to someone and I do this so much to my husband and my mother, like the people that I'm supposed to, and my kids, the people I'm supposed to care about the most. Um, I will be having a conversation with them. I'll be sitting with them and I'll be on my phone, right? Or just give me one second. Just let me return this message. Or I'm trying to respond to this email that can't wait, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's when we have that disconnection. And so I think that there are positives to being connected on social media and being connected in our phones. And then I think there are negatives. We lose a bit of that personal connection that we have when we connect with someone face-to-face in real time, you know? Absolutely. And I, what I, I think what you're hitting on is, is what I'm also referring to is that it's just very out of balance is what I'm noticing. Yeah. And I think that technology is an amazing tool and that, you know, We can use this tool in many different ways to feel connected, but we've let it replace our connection. We've let it, we've, we've justified, oh, I don't need to go out tonight because I'm already talking to people on, I don't need to go hang out with people. I don't actually need to go anywhere because I can just watch this on my phone or, you know, it's just easier to do. It's kind of, it's kind of like, oh, it's just easier and more simple to just like talk to my friend like this instead of making an effort to go out with them or see them. Do you get what I'm saying? And and what I'm we'll be in a situation that we don't like. So, for example, 
and me. Yeah, my phone, someone called me, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, so, for example, being in a situation that we don't, um, instead of trying to fix it or leave the situation, we just numb ourselves with our phones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, a job. You don't like your job, you don't do your job, you spend most of the time on your phone. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to find a job that you like or trying to find a way um, to enjoy the job or find an aspect of the job you do like, you just numb yourself with the phone. That's mm-hmm. what has been glaringly obvious to me mm-hmm. this last week. That That is very true. And that's actually another thing that um, while I was at Burning Man, there was like several people at my camp who quit their jobs to come to Burning Man because their bosses had said that they could take the week off. But then at the last minute, they were like, no, sorry, you can't. And they were like, well, then I'm not working here because you like, A, I don't get vacation at all as it is essentially. And B, you already said I could come to this. And now you're telling me no. It's like, you know, and we had a lot of talks there about jobs and about what you know, that there's this exp- there's this idea in our society by a lot of companies, a lot of big companies, and I understand where it comes from, but there, there's this idea that, you know, the only way we're going to get ahead, the, like our goal, we need to be the best and we need to be the fastest and we need to make the most money. And the only way we're going to do that is if we just work, 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 and we never stop and we just get the fastest you know, people who are never, who will never sleep and we'll just, we just keep working and we just keep hustling and there's never, and, and be with that mentality, it's like, of course, there's never time to take a vacation because if you think that someone's taking a vacation, then you're not going to, you think that you're not the fastest and you're not going to beat your competitors and all these things. But truly what I think we're working towards and what, where I hope, you know, and I I know that we're going and where, and how, how jobs and work is going to shift is that, you know, the, the people who love their jobs, the companies that provide an amazing environment for people where they feel happy and satisfied and recharged and they actually get to go home and sleep and they actually get to take vacation and they actually get to see their friends and family, those are the companies that are going to succeed. Those are the companies that are going to blow up. Why? Because people are going to come to work and love their freaking jobs. They're going to love it. They're not going to come to work and try to get go on the phone and go on compute, the computer the whole time because that's what's happening with these jobs where people are don't feel like they have enough rest or don't feel like they're fulfilled. It's like, you know, they are basically, like you're saying, using technology to just numb out where they have to be for however many hours. And what's that doing to the company? It's completely bringing it down. So that yeah. was another thing that was standing out to me as well. And I'm glad you brought that up is like, you know, the amount of people that are starting to understand, um, you know, that it doesn't matter even if this job is paying me, like it's, I'm not going to be at a job where like I essentially have to, um, spend most of my time there distracting myself because I can't get any relief from this. Like I can't even recharge my batteries because it's not acceptable. And I really think like that is going to be a huge shift in our society when that really starts to become, and I think it already is with some companies, but when that really, when people really start to understand that, that like you're, that people need to recharge, people need to sleep, people need to have fun. Like it's not all about work, you know, it's about fun and fun leads to productivity. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's great. Um, one of the things I always ask an employer, like when I've been interview is what's your employer employee turnover rate. Mm. And they're always taken back by my question because I want to know, do you turn and burn employees? Like, do you not care? Or do you have employees that have been here 20 years? Like that's important to me because that really shows 
how you treat your people. Mm-hmm. That's a great question to ask. That's great. Yeah, that's that's a really and, – and actually, you know what? That brings up another thing. If you are looking for jobs, I think often we have this mentality like, oh, I'm looking for a job, so I should just be grateful that I'm in this situation. I shouldn't really ask any questions or – but it's like when you go into a job interview – if you look at it as that you're interviewing them to see if they're a good mm-hmm. fit for you, first of all, that puts the power – it puts gives you your power back. Second of all, it makes you attractive because you're not needy. It's not a needy thing. It's a, hey, I want to see if you're right for me because I'm looking, to, you know, to match you too. Um, and I, I think that's a great question to ask and I think it's a great, like, position to be in or a great way to approach an interview. Ask them and see if they're a good fit for you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So there's so something else that uh, happened this year. Last year at Burning Man, I had a mirror in my tent, like a full length mirror. And this year, uh, one of my close friends had a mirror in their tent, but I literally only went in there that I could use. But I only went in there like one or two times, maybe the whole time I was there. Um. And at the end of Burning Man, I realized that was like the most amazing thing I could have ever experienced because. Uh, you know, about halfway through. In the beginning, I remember feeling kind of like uncomfortable, like I wasn't sure if things went together because I was wearing all kinds of crazy things and I wasn't sure like, should I wear this? Do I look good in this? I kind of had this like self-conscious thing going on. But about two or three days into it, uh, without looking at the mirror, suddenly I just started feeling my way to things. I could feel, I would be like, I would look at things and be like, I want to wear that. And it was, I've never put it together before. I hardly ever wear these items of clothing. They were kind of radical. And you know, normally I wouldn't dare like put something on that I didn't check in the mirror a million times or that I wasn't like absolutely sure looked great or whatever. And I just started feeling my way towards clothes. I would be like, Ooh, that feels good to me. That, that feels fun. That feels like I want to wear that. Yeah. I want to wear that. And as I let myself feel my way and didn't check in the mirror, I just put something on and rocked it and just felt good about it because it felt good. Like I felt good to choose that thing oh my God, I was getting compliments everywhere on everything I was wearing. And, you know, later I would like pictures were taken. I would look at the pictures. I'd be like, wow, that looks so awesome. And it, you know, I, I started to realize like the, 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 the checking in the mirror thing, the, the mirror, the whole mirror. Th- well, wait, not only that, not only was it about like the clothes and the style and everything, but my skin right now has never been so smooth. It has never looked so good. The like wrinkles in my like forehead that I've had forever are literally almost gone like right now because I haven't been looking at myself, analyzing myself, looking at every blemish or whatever. It's like I've had actually over mm-hmm. a week of not looking, not caring, just being and whoa, like, and, and it made me realize, why do I look in the mirror? Because I'm worried about what other people think. So just the act mm-hmm. of looking in the mirror is reinforcing an anxiety about other people judging me. Because if mm-hmm. I didn't, if, if there was no judgment, why would I even need to look in the mirror? I would just do what I did at Burning Man. I would just put on whatever I wanted and rock that because it felt good. But why do we look in the mirror? Because we're like, oh, no, does this have a wrinkle in it that I don't know about? Or does do I think this looks good, but it really doesn't look good? Or, you know, does this go or is this appropriate or is this showing too much? Or, you know, what are we doing when we're looking in the mirror? That's what we're doing. And I'm not saying we can't look at ourselves and praise ourselves because, of course, we can. And that's fun to do. But 
something that, again, I've been trying to kind of rebalance as I've been back is how much I've been looking in the mirror. And I'm going to keep trying to not look as much because you know what? It turns out that you can actually be guided by how you feel, by what feels the best to you. And that that is way more fun um, way of like styling myself and, you know, dressing myself and presenting myself than looking in the mirror through the eyes of other people because guess what that's always dissatisfying in my experience it's always I always find something wrong like I always find something wrong and it's because I'm not trusting myself and I'm not like trusting who I really am and who I really want to be and how I really want to express because I'm looking through the eyes of other people and society and that's never gonna match you know what I mean that's never gonna jive with each other yeah a couple of things I have like two points for that so my first one, I had something similar come up. It's interesting that there are like some similar similarities here. So yeah. we got in really late Friday. Okay. Saturday, I was like burn my teeth, but again, bathroom was really far away. So a lot of the times I would just like brush my teeth up right outside our cabin and do that whole thing. So I didn't, we went, to, I didn't put makeup on anything like that. Um, we get back from the beach and I look in the mirror in the bathrooms and I had like mascara like all dripping down my face. And I was like, where the hell did this come from? And I looked like a member of KISS. Like it was insane. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, oh my God, I've been walking around like this all day. And then I thought like, fuck it, I care. So then yesterday I took a picture of myself because, you know, going back to school and unpacking and repacking for this weekend, like there's just been a lot on, I doing my hair was like not tap on my priority. So I, when my hair is natural, it's like wavy, it's not curly, it's not straight and it's very frizzy. It's always been like that my whole life. So I took it down because it was starting to, I have really thick hair. So it was starting to hurt my head, keeping it up in a bun. And when I took it down, I was like, I kind of like my hair like this. Like, I kind of feel like this lion. Like I want to take a picture of it. Mm. And I took a picture and I noticed like, cause again, I, I like this week I've been enjoying not wearing makeup so much that I haven't done it for work. So, um, the picture of myself and I thought, holy shit. I got wrinkles on my face and I look like I'm starting to look my age. I felt like, you know, and I thought, oh, you shouldn't be out sun so much and I'm damaging my skin and blah, 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 blah. Right. But I like the feeling of being in the sun. I like the sunshine on my face. So I'm, th- I'm happy and I delete the picture. I'm like, I'm not going to post this anywhere because I look like crap. So literally 10 minutes later, I am. Uh, with a patient, I'm telling a patient like about my weekend. And he's like, um, so have you and your husband thought about having kids yet? And I was like, Oh, I have three kids. (laughs) And he's like, you don't look old enough to have three kids. And I was like, thank (laughs) you. I have a 14 year old. And he's like, how old are you? I was like 35. And he's, I would have thought you were like 27. I was like, Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) So it's just like perceptions of how you view yourself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And how you look at yourself and we're so critical about ourselves. And it's not even that other people could be judging us or are judging, they're probably much nicer than, than we think they will be. 
but it's, it's interesting how, you know, you can look at yourself and be like, oh, that pimple looks really bad. And then nobody notices it or, oh, your wrinkles make you look like you're 40 when you're 35. Everybody's shocked that you have three kids. You know what I mean? So it's these things that we're so critical of ourselves about. And then the third thing I want to bring up is um, we were talking about your outfits. And I, I was thinking, like, that's what my daughter does. She just puts like these crazy outfits together and doesn't care. Doesn't even look in the mirror to see if they match, if they go well or, and I, I never want to tell her like, Oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> um, because I remember my mom saying things like that to me and, and not, my mom is a great mom. You know, she did the best that she could, but I remember her wanting to protect me. It comes back to that wanting to protect child. And, but I also remember feeling so limited. Mm -hmm. And, and I want her to feel that way. So like yesterday, day of school, she wore like these, these shorts that like are super old, <laughs> like she's got all these new clothes for school, super old shorts, this t-shirt that has a hole in it because it's super old. And she wanted to wear it because it has holes on it. And she loves animals. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, let's do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And today, um, she wanted to wear like a skirt with this cute, like a uh, Supergirl t-shirt. I was like, oh my gosh, you are so horrible. And some of the outfits that she put together, people are like, that's amazing. You know, that's so cute. Did your mom dress you? And she's no. And I'm thinking like, there's no way I could have thought that <laughs> together. Like that's super cute. Yeah. So when you let people like full express themselves, it really, I feel like it really, um, it opens them up for stability, you know? Totally, totally. And that's that's exactly – like I was smiling when you talk, were talking about Bryn and dressing herself and just putting together what she likes because exactly – like I got the same feeling that I was getting at Burning Man. Like I just had this feeling like this is fun and this would be fun. And it's like, you know, how much happier would we be in every moment and every day if that's how we were judging things? If we were like, what would feel the most fun? Like, for example, yeah. at Burning Man, I had um, – the second day I was there, I got uh, – my my good friend Amalia put in these really long braids in my hair with yarn, um, and she, she did them so cute, and they were, like, down to my butt, and it was really fun to, like, have these really long yarn braids with, like, all these colors and stuff. And I had, like, I just – it made me feel so, like, awesome, like I was in a jungle, or, like, it just made me feel even more <laughs> fun, you know, the whole time. And then – Right at the last day, they were getting crazy, like coming out like crazy. And I finally like surrendered and had to take them out even though I never wanted to. And then I was coming home. I came home and I was kind of, you know, bummed about everything ending because it's just like when you come from such an amazing place with just feeling so free and accepted and everything and then you come home, it's, you know, of course it's hard. And I was like, no, yeah. I was like, no, but I don't have to give this stuff up. I don't have to just be like, oh, well, that was there and I can't do this here. I can do whatever I want here. That's the whole point. I can do whatever I want with my life. I can live my life however I want. It's not just for Burning Man, although like that's where at Burning Man, you know, is where you can discover that you like all these things, right? But like I can bring that home with me. And so the first thing I did yesterday is I walked to AC Moore and I got the coolest yarn ever, like even cooler yarn that I had, like all these multicolored like rainbow awesome things. And then I came home this morning, I put my braids right back in and have really, really long yarn braids right now. And I'm loving them. And I feel like I'm like, yeah, this is really fun. Like, and it's awesome. And I love rocking them. And like, there's 
and that's and this is what feels good to me right now and so like i don't have to be a burning man to have these like yarn braids in i'm rocking them right now so yeah definitely yeah that's fun that sounds fun and i think that you're you're supposed to experience those things to bring that back you know what i mean and they're that point of view with us that like oh maybe i can do that you know that's Mm -hmm. That's part of your role here is to help the rest of us live freely. Yeah. No, I definitely um, I definitely feel that. And I definitely – that's the other thing I was really thinking about at Burning Man. I was like, what do I want to do? And I realized, I'm like, I just want to – I felt this very strongly. I was like, I want to travel a lot. Like I mm. actually wrote down an intention uh, when I got home. I was like, I want to travel at least – I wanted to make it an intention that I travel once a month for the next year to either learn something, to teach something, or to help others learn or teach something. Um, because, you know, I – going to Burning Man again and really being immersed in it makes me realize I'm like everyone needs to experience this everyone needs to experience some sort of version of this if they can't come to Burning Man then I have to find a way to bring Burning Man to them because this is you know and of course I can't bring I mean there's local burns and there's all kinds of different options but I need to help bring what I learned there and what I felt there to them. And of course, this podcast is a way, Positive Head is a way, there's ways. But I I realized that's what became so clear to me. It's like, I want to be there in the flesh with you, like, like experiencing this with you. I don't want any, I, I, it's awesome to do things digitally. It's awesome that we can. It's awesome that we have the technology. I'm so thankful for it. But I am coming to this point and coming to this, and this leads me to like the the final thing that that I I realized throughout this whole thing is like today I was sitting here and I'm going, why am I so upset? Like why, or why am I feeling so, why is it so hard every time to come back from an amazing experience? It's like you have the, you have the highest high and then you come back and immediately have kind of a really low, low, right? Because you're comparing, you're, you're, you're basically telling yourself, oh, well, I don't have that anymore, right? I'm not there anymore. I can't, that's over type of thing. And I thought back to my childhood and I realized, I was like, you've been feeling this way your entire life. Like that, you know, it was like I was always an only child and my parents were always working and it was like every once in a while I get to be with my cousins or, you know, a family member would come into town or we'd go on this vacation and we'd meet certain people. And it was like for these brief moments, I'd be like, wow, I'm so happy because now I'm experiencing other people and other things. And and then, of course, we'd come back home from the vacation or, you know, like, yeah, the summer was over or whatever, or I'd go to camp and then I'd come home and I'd have these really low lows where I'd say, oh, and but now I have to come back to real life and now I have to just go back to being alone again, you know, an only child alone again with no one, right? Like, that's how I looked at it. And so this time today, I realized I was questioning myself, why do you feel so low? Like, why do you have to feel so low? And then I, I got the the knowing it was like because you don't have to feel low that's what the story you've been telling your entire life and I think we all tell this story in different degrees you know we all have like the post like awesome event blues or post vacation blues or whatever but like I think that this is a really big part of my story and something that I have to learn and something that I have to give others once I really master it is like that 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 we create our own loneliness. We create it because we mm. think that we have to 
we think that, oh, we have these little high points in life and then we have to go back to normal life and just do our drudgery, right? And just be like, oh, well, like that was awesome, but now it sucks, right? And it's like, I came to this realization this morning, I don't have to be alone. This is doesn't have to be my life. I don't have to, I can recreate my life however I want. I can recreate my life to be around people all the time and be in the flesh with people and be, you know, experiencing what I experienced at Burning Man just in different ways all over the place. And that's, you know, that's what I have to start aligning with instead of this old story of, oh, and now I'm alone again. It's like, no, accept, accept that right at this moment I'm alone, accept that there's power in this understanding and accept that in accepting it, right? That things can shift. Mm-hmm. But as long as I'm struggling against it going, no, why does it have to end? And now I'm alone again and I hate it and all these things, then it'll never change, right? And so right. so I really think that that's like the last thing I wanted to say is like, you know, we I think everyone listening can resonate with having an amazing experience that they never wanted to end. And then when it did end, they were probably really down and thinking, oh, well, that's over forever. And it's like to realize that nothing's ever over it continues just in another form once you let it in again, once you give it permission to come back again. And whether that's Burning Man every year or, you know, a vacation with your family or whatever it is or an Abraham Hicks seminar or whatever you think is fun, it's like realize that when you do those things, you are giving yourself permission in that moment to live as high as you possibly can and that you could give yourself – we could all give ourselves permission to live in that high vibration all the time if we wanted to but we just think that we're not supposed to and we think it's not normal. And so that is what I think that I'm here to learn and to help other people learn. And I'm still in the process of learning it. And this this event right here is a big wake-up call for me that it's like, yo, like, get right with this and learn this and like realize that this is a story you're telling and you can tell it differently, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I love that. Good one. And I agree with you. Like every time I go – with the exception of this last weekend, every time I go on vacation, I'm always like bummed to come back to like the real world, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I literally just booked a trip to Jamaica. Like that. did? <laughs> yeah, I totally did. I'm That's going to awesome. Jamaica in March. Yep. Oh my God. That's going to be dope. Never been to Jamaica, but always one. So my husband and I are going to uh, Jamaica. I decided that maybe I'm going to go to um, the Transformational Festival in Santa Barbara next year. I'm not going to go to Costa Rica next year just after talking to a few people and after the camping experience. I might not be ready for Costa Rica. So I might be more yeah. ready for like Santa Barbara. Yeah. Um, but then also like, I agree with you. Like I literally text my husband today. What are your thoughts on literally traveling full time with the kids? Yeah. And he was like, we're going to pin this conversation. And I'm like, oh, we're not going to pin this conversation because we have an eight hour car ride together on Friday. So we're going to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. But it, it's, it's one of those things that you start to feel like I don't have to do this anymore I don't have to do this nine to five I don't Mm -hmm. I don't have to sit here like work can be different you know what I mean Mm -hmm. living like in society can look different and it's when you see more people do it you don't need that vacation once a year you don't need that vacation all the time because that's your life your life is a vacation and that's how I live 
you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Life is a vacation. We just add on a layer of work because we think that's what we're supposed to do because we think that's what makes us worthy. But honestly, that, that that's what this awakening is. That's what waking up is, is waking up to the fact that our job is to enjoy our lives. Our job is to manifest our our job is to let our dreams manifest and to live them out and that's what we came here to do it's like i i really like this idea of thinking about um it's like you know we play video games and it's like why do you play a video game why why do why do people do that well because they want to live they want to be able to fly right so they in the in the video game they can fly or or they want to race cars really fast okay or they want to go you know be like a ninja and like or they want to be a princess or whatever it is they want to be the thing and they want to experience that in some way so they play the video game and in that way they get to experience it and and in the video game can defy the laws of physics and all the things right well if you look at real life like that it's like why if you I like looking at it this way. Why did we come here in these bodies, in these lives? Because we wanted to experience our dreams in real life. We wanted to manifest those things. We wanted to travel the world. We wanted to see all the things. We wanted to meet all these people. We wanted to, you know, in my case, like become a speaker and a healer and an author. And I still have yet to do that. Like I'm doing those, those things are going to manifest in my experience. And my job is to let them happen because that's why I came here. And for you, it's like to be, a, you know, a medium and a psychic and, and all the other things you want to do and travel and all that. And like, that's why you came here. But we've been taught that that's not why we came here. We've been taught, no, you came here to work for the man or like to, to pay your dues. And it's like, no, we didn't. We came-, we came here to raise a family. And definitely you're like, your kids have to go to public school and they have to have a school environment and you can't be moving all the time. And yeah. like, that's what our society tells us is normal and healthy and why do they tell us that yeah i could literally have a whole other time of this situation because of how (laughs) i feel about it but um i do have to wrap wrap yeah yeah that's okay yeah so um Whew. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in again. Um, we actually, we might be doing, uh, we're going to be together this weekend. So we might be doing a live stream um, on Friday or Saturday. Not sure. We are yet. definitely doing a live okay. stream. We, we are definitely doing a live that. stream. Not sure exactly what time or what day, but uh, <laughs> tune in, follow us on Facebook at inner bloom podcast, and uh, you will get notified. And uh, write us in at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, stories, or want a reading or EFT session. And otherwise, keep on blooming. Love you all. Love you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within. 